I'm Jessica. I'm Sonia. And I'm Marie. And we are Opinionated Lushes. Like our name says, we drink too much and have an opinion on everything. Once a week, we get together to drink and talk shit. We start our episodes off with a question and a drink word. We usually never stay on topic or wait for the drink word to start drinking. So go ahead, grab a drink, any kind of drink, and get ready to laugh with us and share our drunken opinions. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Opinionated Lushes. Today is a very special episode because we are inviting back one guest and a new one. So here's Trevor and Carly from Epilepsy South Central Ontario. If you two want to introduce yourselves, get a little bit more specific of what you do. Um, I'll start. Um, My name is Trevor Gordon. I'm the Community Engagement Media Relations uh, a person at FLFC South Central Ontario, and I'm excited that I was able to get my colleague invo- uh, involved in this, and I'd love to introduce Carly Smith. Take it away. Thank you, Trevor. I'm not sure what happened to ladies first, but <laughs> we'll roll with it. So, yeah, my name is Carly, and as Trevor mentioned, we're colleagues at Epilepsy South Central Ontario. Uh, we both wear a number of hats and do a number of things that you know, may differ from day to day, but uh, my focus is on youth and young adults. So I run uh, support groups for uh, young adults and teens who are living with epilepsy. I'm also an epilepsy educator. So basically teaching everybody about what epilepsy is, mostly in the schools. Um, But there is, you know, the odd, you know, workplace or community fair. So that's my job is to spread the education and make sure the the teens and the young adults are well supported. I really appreciate that because like, um, so some of our (laughs) listeners know my 13 year old son has epilepsy. And when I he got diagnosed, I knew nothing. I like I knew one kind of seizure. And that was obviously the super dramatic kind. And that was it, (laughs) like you know. So here I am, you know, just like learning in the world of epilepsy, and it's like there's so much that's like either misinformation or uh, people just don't know. So yeah, so I I appreciate surprise when I tell them there's over forty seizures. Right, right. That's my point. I feel doctors need more education too because we were struggling <laughs> yeah. right now uh, uh, with my child and Trevor was amazing and sent me to the right people to ask for help uh, the last time he was on here. But uh, to get a referral here, I live in New Brunswick, there's only two pediatric neurologists, um, mm-hmm. no really any doctors. Um, and the it's and then we have like an online service and it's um it's to their discretion if they feel uh <laughs> that they should do a referral so and then it's just we still haven't had the proper referral uh we it's people say things and that doesn't happen so now we have to like find another doctor who will so it's been a fun experience because they just like well you know whatever <laughs> so it's uh, you know, it's fun well, you know, yeah, sarcastically, but <laughs> one thing I've noticed with neurologists and Carly could probably speak on this uh, much better is I've noticed sort of a neurologist that's sort of straight out of uh, schooling will know all the terminology and be really on point, whereas maybe a well-experienced uh, neurologist that's been doing it 
doing it for a minute and might be older, um, might be what really experienced, but they might not um, be keeping up always with the new terminology. They they might sometimes still say grand mal seizure, for example, and they might, so that I feel sometimes creates confusion for the client sometimes because they're, they're hearing grand mal seizure where, where it's called something, it's called tonic-clonic and it creates confusion, like who's right, who's wrong. Yeah, I definitely think I hear the term grand mal way more than I hear tonic-clonic <laughs> from people. And then I usually have to politely correct them and say, well, that is an older term, but it is still referring to the same seizure, but it's called this now. And we kind of go al along with that. But I kind of like the terminology now because it tells us what's actually happening. Whereas, you know, grand mal is telling us, oh, this one's big and bad. And petite mal, this one's a little bit bad. And that doesn't really tell us much at all. Yeah, I like it's uh, when I'm talking with people, especially older people, and I'm explaining like my son's seizures and stuff. Whenever I say tonic clonic, I always have to say like a grand mall, like because <laughs> I have to clarify it for them, even though it's the wrong terminology because they, they have no. Yeah. Like I said, most people have no idea, <laughs> the average person even, I would say. And we've uh, talked about this before, too, that as much as I'm all into social media and the Internet and making sure everything is current on our website, the problem with the Internet is one very simple thing. All the old information still is there. So you can, I, I can work my butt off to make sure the website's accurate and to make sure all of our social media is correct and everything's on point but the old information still remains. And I know we've talked about this before, but I, I can't imagine someone who is just diagnosed with epilepsy or, and, and then they, they start to Google things and start to learn what's the next steps. And they see a hundred or, you know, multiple different definitions about what a seizure is or what happens, what do you do with first aid? And I know that's one of the things we wanted to talk about is, is, is myths. Yes. And when people still think that you can put something in someone's mouth, that might have been a thought, you know, almost a hundred years ago, but that's not correct. So that's my frustration is that old information still stays on the internet. Yeah. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yeah. So, so what, what kind of myths do you two hear 
like a lot like we you just mentioned the you know sticking so what they don't bite their tongue or whatever it was that they tell told you and <laughs> don't stick yeah yeah it's like why <laughs> they're like you can obviously make it so they can't breathe like don't do that that's dumb but uh what other myths uh have you guys had to deal with or heard or had to re-educate maybe in regards to epilepsy for me, one that I get a lot working with, especially with, you know, teenagers and young adults, uh, a lot of the times people think that it's, you know, a mental illness and it's, you know, psychological in nature and they just don't understand that it's actually a neurological condition. And so that just kind of, you know, adds to that big cloud of stigma. And that is something that I love to, you know, make sure people are aware of, you know, it's something you can't control. It's something, you know, you can't, you know, just stop a seizure, you know, it usually runs its course. Of course, medications can help, but for the most part, this is, uh, you know, something that's happening to someone, not something that they're choosing, you know? So Mm. that's one that really bugs me a lot. Even I've had a neuropsychiatrist actually tell one of my clients to think herself out of her seizures. (laughs) It it was ridiculous. And even her parents were like enraged. And yeah, I was going to say, as as a mom, I would scream. Are you kidding? (laughs) I get, you know, telling someone to practice, you know, some stress techniques or try not to get too anxious. Maybe this will, you know, help lower the amount you're having, but you can think yourself out of a seizure. That's absolutely ridiculous. And to know that this came from a neuropsychiatrist was so disheartening and so awful, really weird. Mm -hmm. Even just the things that we keep hearing about all these supposed treatments, for curing epilepsy or curing your seizures. Like it's just some of the, some of these things are out there uh, and uh, you know, or even Carl, I know we've talked about like people saying that having seizures is like witchcraft or like. (laughs) I I was going to say, I was like a lot of people used to be like, if you were having seizures, like they'd exercise you, you know, like, you know, like overly cult like religious stuff and it's like no 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 like they can't control that and like what I remember last year I can't remember the name of I believe it was uh like a religious school but there was in British Columbia I believe it was there was a boy that they were actually trying to perform an exorcism on as he was having a seizure and to think that that's still happening till this day is pretty scary well, also the big myth is that all myths, that all seizures look the same or like a seizure is what you see in movies of just someone, you know, on the ground shaking or, and, you know, that's even things that I saw on TikTok when people were doing these sort of uh, seizure challenges or oh, gosh. it was like, you know, making fun of, uh, I, I forget what movie that um, came out that it was a big protest where they were, you know, making fun of how someone has a seizure to know that, again, that's one type of seizure. And even that is, a, you know, a little more extra and more dramatic in some of these movies, right? Or, mm-hmm. or another one being that everyone will get affected by flashing lights. Not everyone has that type of seizure or that type of epilepsy where you're affected by flashing lights. And even from me learning this, what we've learned from a couple of our clients that even if you are affected with flashing lights, it's not always the same for one person versus another. Um, I know with uh, one of our events, uh, a culinary showdown, the type of lights affected one person, but it didn't affect another person that deals with that type of uh, photosensitive epilepsy. 
Well, I was going to say, like, with my son, like, he's fine with video game flashing lights. But if we're outside and we're driving in the car and the sun's going through the trees, that will trigger his seizures. So it's like, yeah, like you it's you, and one of his biggest um, triggers is actually heat. So if he's overheating, he'll start like because uh, he has absent seizures uh, and, and uh, eyelid myoclonia. So his eyelids will flutter and that kind of stuff, which our doctor, speaking of crappy doctors, <laughs> yeah. uh, diagnosed a tick for two years. So yeah, so yeah, like when I, when you when you meet one person with epilepsy, you met one person with epilepsy. Like there, you yeah. have no idea like how what types of seizures, multiple types of seizures, you know what medications they're on can affect certain things. Like there's there's so much out there, and yeah, a lot of misinformation on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's what we hope to kind of you know. Uh, mitigate is that you know correcting people and busting those myths and breaking down that stigma because yeah as we've talked about like some of it is just wild insane it's especially like i get the ignorance from like strangers but like the medical professions like they should know like that's where you're going to get support um they should stop brushing people off and up go up their knowledge like it's just it's even like <laughs> do something doctors. about yeah. it <laughs> and it's yeah, not right? just older doctors it's younger doctors too they just skip that class i don't know what a, the topic was only like two hours long and then they're like okay well i'm just going in general medicine so i don't have to worry <laughs> about that. but the problem is is that you you use the general medicine doctors to get your referrals so they they should be a little more knowledgeable about these things you think but can I also just l- let out a loud vent about one thing too? Like, yes, of course. Epilepsy is not a rare condition. It might be a hidden condition, but it's not a rare condition. One in 100 Canadians have epilepsy. One in 100 Canadians have epilepsy. That's over 260,000 Canadians in, in Canada have epilepsy. Some uh, people with epilepsy might not be comfortable with talking about it, and that's their decision. But it's a hidden condition, not a rare condition. So when it's it's known as the third, if not second, most common neurologic con- condition, neurological condition, but we're not getting government funding, that's frustrating. <laughs> yeah. So that's my, I know there's a hundred myths out there, but that's the myth that sort of gets me riled up is that it's a this rare condition that, you know, it's not as big as, you know, other conditions. And I'm not saying one's better than the other. They're all <laughs> to whoever happens to have certain conditions, but it's not something to be, epilepsy is not something to be swept underneath the rug. No, Agreed. we talked about this the last time you were here. Like, it's ridiculous that such a common condition has absolutely, like, no government funding for it. It's not even like you're underfunded, <laughs> like, by the government. It's, it's like zero. there's no government funding. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, what? Like, that's that's ridiculous. And I, with a number like 1 in 100, it's like most people probably know someone or work with someone or, you know, have been around someone that has epilepsy. And like, what do we, you know, we, we have resources, obviously, like you guys and that kind of stuff, but it's, it's not enough at all. So. Well, think about something you, 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 you get told you go to the hospital or you go to your neurologist and you get told you have epilepsy. 
All right. So now have a good day. <laughs> yep. <laughs> now you leave, you leave the you leave the hospital. You've been told this news that's not the most positive news. It's not it's not something that's going to stop things, but it create it might create a roadblock or two. And you're scared. You're nervous. You get told something, but sometimes not all neurologists even happen to know there's an agency like Epilepsy South Central Ontario out there. But knowing that you're getting told to go out in the world and now you have epilepsy and then you're dealing with people that might see you have a seizure and call 911 every time you have a seizure. There's so much confusion out there about even what to do if someone has a seizure mm -hmm. and know that there is agencies out there that can sort of help with the community or education. And, and again, Carly can talk about all the things that she does on a day-to-day -day basis, but it's just unreal that once you get told you have epilepsy, now what? It's just frustrating. Yeah. And a lot of the time I find too that people are in such like a distressing state that they end up turning to Dr. Google and, you know, learning all these things that may not be true. And then they're like just back down the rabbit hole and that, it, you know, makes the cycle like 10 times worse because, you know, like we said in the beginning, they're hearing this, but then they're also hearing this. And how do they know what's reputable or not? And if, it, you know, if a neurologist or a doctor took, you know, two seconds to just mention, hey, you know what, I'd like you to check out this organization. They exist. They can give you correct information. They can give you counseling, support, anything that, you know, you need. It's such a valuable resource that we're trying to provide. And it's so easily to it's so easy for a neurologist to just tell their patients or even just you know putting our flyers in the in their rooms or things like that like it's just it's baffling that you know they just care about the patient in that you know say 15 minute window that they've got with them they're not thinking about what's happening you know once they leave that office and that's not the kind of doctor you want to have and unfortunately I it's rare to find one that isn't like that. It's yeah. the one we get. <laughs> yeah, well, that's literally it. And I find, like, in that 15 minutes, a lot of the times they're just pushing, like, a specific medication or something. And then that doesn't deal with any of the issues, like, that epilepsy can cause or that the medication could cause. Because my son's short-term memory, gone. <laughs> like, it's 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 debilitating. And, like there's there's only so much you can do with that 15 minute appointment with your doctor and i just want to say at least like the meds are covered until my son is 25 um but if you went to a hospital got diagnosed with epilepsy got prescribed a medication and then didn't have a, like any health coverage you're paying for that out of pocket too and it's like if you know nothing about epilepsy you're gonna start debating like how worth it is it mm -hmm. you know <laughs> there's there's a like like to our non-canadian listeners out there welcome to the canadian healthcare system i can go to the emergency room and i can get diagnosed with epilepsy but i won't have to any resources or be able to pay for the medication canada <laughs> like, <laughs> i've even seen people being prescribed medications that aren't available in canada and then they're expected to just find these medications elsewhere or apply, they have to go through like certain application processes to get it, you know, um, allowed into Canada or, you know, have it approved. And it's just, yeah, I don't understand how someone is, you know, made to go through that and not, you know, follow it up more or just take, yeah, like take the, take the two minutes to, to send them where, where they should be. 
I, I don't think I found you guys through my neurologist. I think I Googled it. It was like epilepsy in South Ontario. Because <laughs> like, that's where I am. And luckily, that was enough keywords for the website to pop up. But yeah, I don't think my neurologist like said but anything that's about it. That's the frustration. It's like good on you, Jessica, that you're being a proactive, <laughs> amazing mom, right? That Thank knows you. how to Google, well, not just knows how to Google, but is obviously thinking a little outside the box of like, there's there has to be something out there that you're not alone in this, right? But you would think, you would hope, and I'm not saying this bad about all neurologists there's many really amazing neurologists out there one being on our board that obviously you know mentions epilepsy south central this is the next step that there are you know in in ontario there's 14 epilepsy organizations across canada there's 22 or 23 epilepsy organizations so the very least that you can do as a neurologist after you've given some information to this person that's getting told this information for the first time, you know, there's options, there's things, there's there's support groups out there. You're not alone. You'll meet someone as amazing like Carly that runs a youth empowerment program if you're in that age bracket so that you can, you know, meet other people that that with this this condition or you you join a parents group or you meet other adults like there's other things going on there so that you know you you might know a lot about epilepsy but maybe your your family member doesn't a lot of times i'll say that to a client you probably know everything about epilepsy but <laughs> there's so, someone in your family that might not know here's a book give it to that one family member that is going to call 911 every time you have a seizure <laughs> this is not yeah. what to do right yeah, for sure. So, like, um, we talked about how you guys get no government funding. Um, so, do you want to talk a bit about like what if the government funded what they what they would be funding? What what kind of uh, programs and supports you know that that you guys offer and would love to increase if that funding was there. <laughs> I'll let Carly answer that question, but let me just answer on the government side of what we're even asking the government. We're, we were asking the government, the government of Ontario, for, for like, like $3 million, just to be clear. That's, that's $14 million, not just right? one. And not since, yeah, exactly. Thank you, Carly. Not to fund Epilepsy South Central Ontario, to fund 14 epilepsy organizations keep the lights on, to keep programs and services free for those clients living with epilepsy. We're asking for $3 million. And in government standards, that's like finding $20 in your couch. Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah. So $3 million we were asking the government. And this actually from the, the in our budget ask would actually save the taxpayers money because it would hopefully stop people from calling 911. You're going to have Carly doing education to the community with that 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 funding to so that people know the, the emergency room won't be full fill up of people <laughs> that are having years yeah. from 911 calls but i will let carly talk about all the amazing services that she does and why this funding is important yeah so from you know the perspective of my work and what i do i mean the most I do try my best to get, uh, you know, the teens and the young adults out into the community. It was a bit of a struggle over the last, you know, couple of years just with the pandemic. But all that aside, 
um, we did have, we got an individual grant at one point where I was able to implement, you know, a few of the things that I wanted to do, like outings in the community, you know, taking them go-karting because they can't drive and things like rock climbing or swimming, things that they think that they aren't supposed to do or their parents won't let them do it. They can now do it in a, a safe environment with other people who just get it and they don't have to worry. Like, how am I going to look, you know, if I have a seizure because everybody just gets it. And so mm -hmm. to have had a bit of a taste of that and to be able to offer that and then go into the pandemic and then, you know, having absolutely nothing looking for, for maybe, you know, donated activities is, you know, it takes some time up and um, yeah. So if we just had that money to, to, you know, implement some of the things that we already have in our, you know, dream list of what we want to be able to provide. There's so many things that, that I have, you know, just waiting to be implemented once we get funding, when, hopefully when we get funding. Um, but it's just so hard because I guess people already assume we're government funding. So I funded, I, so I think that plays a big part in it. Um, but there's also things that people might not even think of that, you know, we can help with. So something that, um, you know, I think would be a great, you know, venture to be able to help with the, the, you know, the students, you know, the ones that are trying to enter the workforce is transportation because people with epilepsy can't drive if they're you know their seizures haven't been controlled for a certain amount of time so at one point uh, i was able to distribute a very small amount of presto cards and you know load them with ten dollars here and there but if we could provide you know transportation means and it's just that simple you know giving somebody you know a presto card with a loaded funds you know that gives them in independence you know they're able to go out on their own they can take a bus they can travel they don't have to worry about you know the minimal amount in their bank account that they get from you know probably government assistance for living and there's just so much that we can be doing to bring people together but not having that space to do it or having those meaningful activities to you know foster those connections it's led us to be you know more online which is great because we're reaching a lot more people but i find that we want to be reaching these people in person so i want to plan you know activities in different areas instead of having to keep everything online because we can't afford to you know do multiple activities in different areas and leaving some people out and yeah, I think I could go on and on. Please, you know, stop me when. <laughs> well, I was that enough. driving piece, like, well, especially when you mentioned go karting, like, that's so smart because, like, my son has a rare form of epilepsy. So he'll never get control. So he had to, like, come to terms with the fact he'll never drive a car at age eight. And, like, people don't understand. Like, I, okay. I'm a 32-year-old woman who doesn't have my driver's license, but that's by choice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I'm choosing not to drive. But, you know, when you're, like, you know, a young kid, you're looking up at all the adults and stuff like that, and then you have to, like, come to that real life. Like, that's traumatic, personally. And, like, yeah. you know, a lot of the things these kids and, you know, teens go through, bullying comes to mind. My son was bullied a lot for his seizures um, and stuff like that. So it's nice to, like, have... A, like it would be it would be nice to have a, a space for them to like go and connect more and and that kind of stuff like my son even went to sunny days uh day camp pre-pandemic <laughs> you know and and i think he saw his first seizure there 
And that was a huge, like, because he'd never seen a seizure before. So, yeah. yeah. And that's what we aim for is to make it just normalized for the kids, to make them feel like they're a part of a community that's just like them. And Sunny Days Camp is one of, like, our staple programs. But it's so hard each year, you know, applying for that funding to Canada Summer Jobs and just waiting to hear back, like, will we be able to run Sunny Days Camp this year? And you know, the thought to think that maybe one day we might, you know, not get that funding is scary because so mm-hmm. many families like rely on on this program during the summer for their kids. We've seen such huge changes in you know kids' personalities after they spend a summer at Sunny Days. We've seen reduction in seizures afterwards because they're just so busy and their mind is so stimulated and they're just having such a great time that they're less likely to have a seizure there. And it's just something that we would, you know, it would be awful to think that we couldn't run that one year just because we don't have that funding. And that's something we have to go through each year. Um, I know you particularly work with like young people and teens and that kind of stuff. Um, But what programs are like, is there anything like offered for like older people, say if you got diagnosed as an adult with epilepsy, any programs out there for that yet or in the talks? Yeah, uh, not so much programs that are in person, but we do have another colleague of ours. uh, His name is Josh, and he actually works with adults and families. Uh, So he provides things like support groups to parents, to adults with epilepsy, as well as individual counseling and things like that. So um, that's pretty much like his wheelhouse and then we also try and you know sometimes integrate you know these activities to include the whole family so for example what comes to mind that's not too far away is our family and youth conference where you know it's only once a year but it's something that some of our families look so forward to because you know the parents are meeting other parents that you know know what what what's you know what it's like the kids are you know bonding with kids that know what it's like and then the youth are also bonding you know, with youth that know what it's like, but then at the end of the day, they're still there as a family, they're, you know, learning, they're becoming stronger, they're, you know, just, you know, proving that sense of community, and I I wish it was something that we could do more than once a year, um, so yeah, I mean, I can't speak too much on everything that he does, I'm sure there's much more that I'm unaware of in his day-to-day, um, but we do offer programs and services for adults because epilepsy, you know, doesn't discriminate. It can hit you at any age, any time. Um, doesn't mean everyone's, you know, going to get epilepsy, but we like to say that <laughs> potentially highlighted potentially. Everyone has a brain. Yeah, we all have a brain. So we can all potentially have a seizure, seizure because we've got neurons and they can misfire. Yeah. So you hear that government? <laughs> yeah, I'm talking to you. Meet me in the parking lot. It's just, it's so frustrating because, like, there's, yeah. Okay, I'm going to get a little political here. Uh, We heard about what Ford's uh, giving to the police people, right? The people, police, yeah. Men, (laughs) police Police officers. There we go. You know, about how they're, they're like full tuition covered right out of high school. Like, come on, man. That's because you have a son in law that's a police (laughs) officer. That's why. 
it's just it's so frustrating when especially when it's like a problem like that or like a systemic issue and you can't do like as an individual you can't really do anything about it and it's just it's it makes me real mad and i (laughs) you know i need to go to like a smash room or something like one of those break rooms or axe throwing i don't know something to get (laughs) that pent out rage (laughs) because apparently like you know there's nothing else to do so it's just it makes me so mad to hear about the the programs that uh, exist or could be or could be more readily accessible or could be you know more frequent for everyone else and it's just like it, the money is there though like, you can't even say the yeah. money's there <laughs> like you just they're not giving it to you like that's it and it's just it's it makes me mad it makes me mad especially as a parent of a child with epilepsy it just makes me mad oh my god but just and based on asking. the whole thing of like we've all unfortunately we've all had to go to the emergency room for whatever reason, whether it happened to you or you had a friend or a family member and whether it be before COVID or during COVID emergency, the, the waiting room at an emergency waiting for emerge is it, unreal. Two hour, three hour wait times. Right. Mm-hmm. And to think that we're trying to come up with a program to the government, a budget submission to say to, and I'm speaking to the taxpayers, we're telling the government, Give us $3 million and we're trying our best to keep that emergency room empty from people that are calling 911 when a person has a seizure. Yeah. Like it should not be full of people having a seizure. There, of course, are cases where, yes, I understand why you should call 911. If it's lasting longer than five minutes, there are reasons to call 911. I'm not trying to say that. But for the most part, an average seizure, you should not have to call 911. And there's probably much bigger situations that deserve to be in the emergency room than someone having a seizure. So we're mm-hmm. trying to save taxpayers money. Give us $3 million, which is like $20 in the couch. <laughs> And not to fund one epilepsy organization, fund 14 epilepsy organizations in Ontario that will help the community and keep uh, clients living with epilepsy, attending programs and services like Carly's talking about for free. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. It's, it's such a simple it's like, ask. I'm not a math petition, but it's <laughs> easy math. Yeah, it's like such a simple ask. And it's like, they're they're just... And like they're just saying no or they're just ignoring it and it's it's just it's frustrating um i i've seen you guys like set up protest well not me you guys specifically but i have seen like epilepsy uh protests asking the government for money like in front of the government building and stuff like that oh we've been to queen's park just yeah we've been to queen's park we have been to queen's park uh all of us uh, I, i'm gonna i'm throwing myself under the bus i've hit up every MPP, MP in our in our coverage area, and we cover all of South Central Ontario, so that's at least 25 MPPs, and they've all told us, oh, we love your budget ask. It makes complete sense. We want to do this, but for some reason... For some reason, <laughs> they just the can't get it done. We're not getting the whatever, but... We've been to Queen's Park. Like I've been in that room. I've, I've walked the halls and our CEO has did like, did, we've all been, and the public, whoever's listening to this, the public has been amazing, has been sending all their letters to MP, their local MPPs. They've been coming to Queen's Park. 
we're doing everything we can do other than grab the money from their bank account. Like That's the next step. <laughs> I'm kidding. Jokes for legal reasons. Uh, <laughs> and this is all alleged. You're good. I, know, I was going to also add too, is that it's not because they don't know we're here. I mean, like Trevor said, he does a great job of, you know, putting us out there and what we need. And I remember one year we thought we were so close and it was, you know, we had so much hope because we were invited to Queens Park. Uh, we weren't sure exactly why we were told for a lunch to, you know, um, proclaim Purple Day. And uh, it was very exciting news. We thought, you know, hey, maybe they're going to be making a big announcement. And we were like, yeah, like we just had our fingers crossed. And so they had recognized us, which was great. But that's where it kind of ended. It was just, you know, here's some sandwiches, some cupcakes, and, you know, thanks for coming out. And that was just such a disheartening experience for me. So that was one of my first, you know, unfortunate experiences that, you know, I keep remembering because it was just such a glimmer of hope. And then, you know, enjoy your cake. Happy Purple Day. It's like they were just trying to, like, appease you to be like, oh, yeah, we noticed. And then just hope that yeah. that would be like that. Would give, they gave you like a crumb, and it's like, ah, see, that's fine. Like that's it. Almost feels like worse that yeah, they did just that. Us. <laughs> yeah, it was like if they had just ignored you, at least like they're ignoring you, but like acknowledging you, acknowledging what you're asking for, and then just not providing it. Like that's almost worse <laughs> to me. Yeah. Like right, like that was like if someone's offering me a cookie. And then I go to grab the cookie and they're like, actually, um, no, I just given you the recipe. I would be upset. I would, be, you know, and like it's it'd be worse if you just, it would have been better if you just didn't show me the cookie at all, you know, kind of thing. And that's how, like, that's why it's frustrating. That's why I'm venting because I get so mad at this topic because as an individual, even as like a group of people, even getting noticed, it's like, what do you do? No, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, Trevor? <laughs> this is what we deal with every day, and it's just frustrating. And um, I've, I've gotten to know many politicians in my day-to-day -day job, and they're all good people, and I have great conversations with them. I compare politicians like WWE wrestling. Like, I feel like I've seen behind the curtain, you know, they, they all, like, as much as you see them, all the par opposite parties, like, going at each other, like, they all seem to get along behind the curtains. But it's just, like, they're all nice people, per se. But when it comes to, like, signing the check and, like, making the, the, the major decision, uh, for whatever reason, we're just not getting, you know, that 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 uh, that magic for us, and it's frustrating because again, we're, we're not asking to fund one agency; we're asking for to fund fourteen agencies. So, if I can speak to your viewer viewers right now, I'm asking, even though you guys have been kind enough in the past to help us with this, can you please contact your local MPP and even the people that are in the U.S. Contact your fellow Canadian family members and <laughs> friends and Jessica and Dawn and everyone. Just like contact F MPPs and say there's epilepsy organizations in Canada, Ontario first. I'm biased to my province, but yeah. Canada, we need funding. And please bug your MPP, bug your mayors, bug your pri pri prime minister. Like we need funding. We need funding. We need funding because there's amazing services 
Carly Smith and all a lot of clients managers are running out there and we're not going to have funding eventually and we're going to have to close doors and we're going to have to cut sunny days camp we're going to have to cut a lot of programs and I don't think people realize that you know as much as Carly's amazing we need to keep the doors open to have these programs going you know mm-hmm. and I'm sure Carly wants to keep you know <laughs> living too like people need yeah. I, mean, I, I love my job but I also like to eat yeah and, you know, <laughs> sleep in a bed so you know I'm we're not asking for too much just enough to you know live and do what I do best well if you guys end up going to Queen's Park to protest and stuff again let us know we'll bring a big opinionated luscious sign maybe we'll we'll live stream it I don't know that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be great that just would be cause, so fun. Yeah, because it again, like it touched, you know, two of our hosts right now, you know, having to deal with it. And it's just so frustrating when you're like people you're supposed to be voting for are not doing what you're voting for them to do. And it's like you can only have so many excuses. <laughs> yeah. Sucks. It's like, why can't you do this thing? Like, explain it to me like I'm five. Why? Like, you know, like, yeah. that's, that's where I get frustrated with it. Because no but good. It seems like the opposite, I'd say, because then they what they're saying to us doesn't make any sense. And we're also looking at them like they're five. Like, what are you even talking about? Because <laughs> <laughs> they are five. Them? Let's be honest. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a bunch of five-year-olds given a province. what i'm describing our current provincial government is a bunch of five-year-olds taking over a province that's compared to like what's been going on that's i I don't think anyone would argue with me (laughs) about that like how are they making these decisions is it a game of rock paper scissors you know are they you know shooting what they're gonna do yeah Yeah. darts at a wall (laughs) what's their thought process behind everything especially the things that are overfunded well, and like we were talking about how emergency rooms are like overcrowded nowadays. I mean, especially having to deal with COVID and everything. And on top of that, there's emergency rooms, some areas closing because of how the provincial government has been running healthcare. And now it's like, okay, so what's supposed to happen? Like, (laughs) now you have a person with a seizure, you know nothing about seizures because there's no education for you. And there's no hospital. (laughs) Like, what do you do? (laughs) Like, it's, it's, it's almost dystopian at this point for me. Because yeah, (laughs) we're gonna talk, we're gonna have the same, I'm gonna invite you guys back. And we're gonna have the same conversation again. That's the why. I mean, I just uh, I came by myself and I said I'm coming back and I'm bringing in the heat. I'm bringing Carly here because I knew Carly was going to come here and she was going to like come in t- with all her programs and all her knowledge. And I'm like, we need to tell everyone like we need funding, and it's not just because we're just wanting to say it for the fun of it. Like, there's one in 100 Canadians have epilepsy and they don't want to just be told, Hey, I have epilepsy from a neurologist. They need to get get support. (laughs) They need to get education. And like, again, you might get diagnosed with epilepsy and you might know some stuff about epilepsy, but what about all your family members? What about your friends? What about like education is key. Like I'm, I work right beside Carly in the office. I hear Carly doing webinars with offices and schools and one-on-one and groups like 
she's teaching Canadians what to do if you have a seizure, what to do if it happens in the workplace, what to do at a school, you know, what to do when you're trying to apply for a job, what to tell an employer. Like Carly deals with so much in an eight hour period. Like it's unreal. Like if she's only one person, like we need to hire many. We need to fund more Carly's. <laughs> get, get the factory started. <laughs> Just a I, would I would love a twin. Yeah. That could help me out. That'd be so awesome. Start cloning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We yeah. just clone Carly's for the world. So that'll be our a political platform when we eventually <laughs> run. That's right. <laughs> Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Yeah, and I also wanted to add a lot, a lot of what we do too, you know, hasn't even been talked about today. There's so many other things that we do in one Thing that actually just kind of came to mind as we were, we've been speaking is you know the advocacy that I provide in schools is something that's very you know near and dear to my heart because it, it gets me frustrated it gets me you know going and it's something I want to mitigate and you know something that just popped up you know that happened not too long ago which should not be happening is I've been working with a parent who has a young child with who has seizures and they're relatively well controlled but uh, she had reached out to me, asked me to talk with the school. The school was great the year before. They uh, had me, they welcomed me to present to the students for the, our grade five thinking about epilepsy presentation that we do adapt for other grades. 
Um, so that was awesome. And then I thought, you know, well, they'll definitely want to welcome me back the following year for, you know, staff education because they didn't get that. And so here's me and, you know, mom reaching out to the principal since last year, trying to offer this training and we're just not getting any response. And then I got, you know, a phone call from this mom and she doesn't call me too often. So I usually know if she's giving me a call that, you know, it's going to be something something yeah. worth talking about otherwise i just get an email and so it just so happened that she was dropping her her child off at school and you know he had done his thing and she was just kind of chatting with other parents i think she was near the office and she just kind of noticed that there was like this panic and you know she can hear what's going on in the staff walkie talkies and another student was actually having a tonic-clonic seizure mm -hmm. and the staff just went into panic they didn't know what to do they were freaking out and they asked this mother of not this child but yet another <laughs> child what to do can you help and so we've been trying to give them this free training since last year that they're not asking for so they don't have to go into this panic no mother should be you know responsible to, for another person's child of course you you're going to do it out of the goodness of your heart and of course she did she you know did the simple things that you do when someone's having a seizure like you know turning them onto their side timing mm -hmm. it those simple things that keep people so safe they had no idea what to do and they were freaking out. And what, what if she wasn't there? She just happened to, you know, kind of showed up a little bit early and there's so many ways that I can go down an alley where that's just so wrong. Yeah. It, it's <laughs> funny to me that you, you brought up again, like, uh, you know, teachers and whatever, not taking this training because I remember us talking with Trevor that like free training to like professionals in a workplace where they might deal with seizures would be like an issue. And I know we talked about the police and how we're gonna have all these newly uneducated police officers. <laughs> and now these newly uneducated police officers probably still aren't going to take police uh, the epilepsy training. Isn't it, <laughs> isn't it ironic that teachers <laughs> want to take uh, something that's not mandatory? Didn't teachers tell us when we were kids, like, oh, yeah, you can do these courses, but also if you want to do something, it's not mandatory, but you might get some bonus credit if you do it. You don't do those courses all because you don't have to do it. Yeah. There's no incentive. You know, we have to tell them you have to take it. But it's just frustrating that these are the educators of our future generations and they're not wanting to learn about this education. I mean, no. Carly on a daily basis is doing grade five programs and teaching our future youth. But there's so many teachers out there that could use these programs, employers that could be using these programs. There's so many things that we should be doing, but again, there's only one Carly, yeah, you know, mm -hmm. one Josh, and it's like, you know, we need more of staff. We need, and we need to be doing this all over Canada and all over, well, obviously Ontario first, but again, three million dollars, everyone. We're asking for three <laughs> <million>. <laughs> to like, and if anything, that three million, I know I'm a broken record right now. That three million dollars to the taxpayer is going to actually save you more money because we're trying to keep the emergency room open so that when you actually do something a little more serious than a seizure sometimes it will free up the room you yes. know yeah
So it's just frustrating. We're asking for $3 million and it's like, please contact your local MPP and say that you heard it from this great podcast. You know, we need $3 million not to fund one epilepsy organization, but 14 across Ontario because one in 100 Canadians have epilepsy. And we're trying to keep programs and services free so that you don't feel isolated. You don't feel alone. You don't feel like, you know, you, you, uh, anyway, so I'll try to contain myself, but yes. it's just frustrating. No, it, it, I mean, I, I've been ranting this whole time too. It is for us. I'm getting red. Like I'm like <laughs> physically, like all the blood is rushing to my head. Cause it's such, it's such a frustrating topic because all you can do is talk about it. But Jessica, you brought up such a good point just from Sunny Day's camp. I appreciate that you brought something up personal. Your your, your son mm-hmm. saw someone have a seizure. Mm-hmm. David talks, sorry, David's our CEO. David always gives that example about one of the great things about Sunny Day's camp is because he's heard stories of, of, of children getting bullied because, oh, a seizure's this, seizure's that. When someone actually has seen that someone else have a seizure that's never seen a seizure before, oh, that's not a big deal. It actually helps them feel a little bit better about mm-hmm. having seizures, about having epilepsy, because they see it as like a normal thing. They see how the counselors deal with someone having a seizure. They see that it's a little, it's comfortable. It's, it, you know, it's okay. It's just part of your day. Like, yeah, it normalizes it. Like, it doesn't make it seem as, like, weird and, like, you know, like, because if you have or if you have seizures, you're not seeing yourself having a seizure usually. So it's, like, yeah, it's good to, like, give that kind of outward experience, especially to children that are getting bullied all the time. Yeah, I know this is, this is going to sound like a line, but I'm telling you this, and Carly's heard me say this loud and clear. People with epilepsy are the strongest people I've ever met in my entire life. I, you know, I trip on my couch earlier today and I'm depressed for the rest of the day. Someone that has a seizure, they, they, they'll, they'll, they'll have a seizure in front of me and I'm like throwing things out of the way to make sure they're okay. And then they come to and they look at me and they're like, Trevor, are you okay? Wait, wait, I'm okay. He's had a seizure and I'm like, you know, making sure they're okay. And I'm like pushing couches out of the way and everything. And they're worried about me. And they're just like, oh, this is just part of my normal. I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm fine. And they're, that's why we call people with epilepsy warriors. You know, like mm-hmm. they're normal. And I'm like, I, I, I stub my knee, and I'm like depressed for the rest of the day. Like, I, anyways, I just, that's just their normal, and it just is frustrating to just hear the roadblocks that they they deal with, and because they're like the strongest people I know. You know. Yeah, it, 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 I like having a kid, my, my son's homeschooled right now, but we, we had so much issues with the school dealing with him. Um, he went through like behavioral issues when he was started a new medication, um, and, and just things like that. And they just weren't getting it. And, um, uh, I don't know if you've seen them, Carly, but when you have a kid with epilepsy, you have to fill out a separate form when you're registering oh, yeah. them for school. And all it talks about is first aid. And I'm like, there's no first aid with my son's seizures. He stands through them. He talks through them sometimes. They last two seconds. Like, there's 
you just have to understand he might have missed something when you spoke, but there was no like line for, oh, how to deal with, you know, it was just first aid. And I was like, yeah. okay, uh, what do I write here? I don't yeah. have anything to write. I just like and the okay. way that I like to answer that. Uh, actually, I'll, what I'll say for Absalom seizures is a lot of the time, the first aid is patience. That's actually great. I never even, that's, I'm writing that when my son goes back to school this September. Yeah, please do, because I find that's all you can really do. These seizures are not a medical emergency. You know, you might have to repeat things a few times and, you know, like I said, have patience, but, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, yeah, there's not a whole lot you have to do, even with the, the more, you know, potentially dangerous seizures it's really not a whole lot, you know, that you have to do in general to keep someone safe. It's mm-hmm. just a few simple measures that, you know, you can do to keep someone safe. But if you don't know them, it just seems like such a scary, like unfathomable thing. And I find that, you know, like Trevor had mentioned, like, so pe- the people who are used to it, to them, they're more worried about, you know, other people. And, yeah. you know, are they going to be, what are they going to think of me? Is this going to traumatize them? Or I've had some of my clients when we are on in outings and they have a seizure, they apologize. And that's one of my, you know, kind of pet peeves in a good way, because I'm like, please do not apologize to me for having a seizure. You had no control over it. Yeah. It didn't inconvenience me. It inconvenienced me. All I had to do was make sure, you know, you were safe and let's get back to enjoying the game or, you know, what we were doing. Yeah. If not, have a seat, you know, take a rest and let me know when you feel better. And I think it's funny that we talk about these places, these people that should have this first aid, like teachers and police officers. Uh, I worked at Walmart and they (laughs) offered first aid to anybody who wanted it. And uh, it was like they had a tiny little bit, not as much as they should, a tiny little bit touch on like seizures. And it was just you just be supportive and make sure they're safe. Like you don't do anything. Uh, You just you're just there and you're just like just be it's more aftercare is the most first aid for seizures is like making sure they feel better um (laughs) about themselves so and it's funny like i was getting paid minimum wage company and i was offered this type of first aid when there's these other governmently funded professions that could easily have this first aid and it's obsolete like it's insane to me i keep referring to our other interview and so you need to put a link below (laughs) i apologize (laughs) if that police officer dealt with marcus please google marcus charles Mm -hmm. he instead of tasing marcus just simply even gave him a hug or just made sure he walked with Marcus to sort of make sure he was comfortable, push things out of this gentleman's way. That makes more of a difference to help someone living with epilepsy or having a seizure than trying to hold this gentleman down or to tase this gentleman. I know I'm going all over the place. I apologize. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. That's the theme of our podcast. Yeah, we usually (laughs) are too. My point that I'm saying is Carly, myself, Josh, Anyone working in an epilepsy organization or dealing with people that have epilepsy, we've all maybe been kicked in areas we don't want to be kicked (laughs) with making sure someone with epilepsy is safe. But we don't don't take it personal. Someone with a police officer that 
you know, getting kicked should not be tasing. You know what I mean? So it's just frustrating. Yeah, it really like that story like scared me, you know, because I I mean, my, my son's a tall kid. He's going to be six foot one when he's done growing. And if he has a seizure and a cop sees him. You know, it's not something you want to think about because it shouldn't be something you have to think about. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sorry for going backwards on this and going to another topic, but, you know, you brought up a good point. It's just the fact that sometimes it's just compassion. You know what I mean? Just simply, you know, helping and and just, you know, pushing things out of the way. And, uh, you know, Carly, you've heard this story a hundred times with David and I at one of our previous offices with one of our interns having seizures in front of us. It's just, it became, it's our norm dealing with people with epilepsy, but literally we were pushing things out of the way. And 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 this person had epilepsy and he was having seizures and he was throwing things. He was kicking around and we were not holding him down. We, but we were making sure he was safe, putting a pillow under his head. and make, But uh, I got kicked in the private area. Excuse my bluntness. And it wasn't, it was not. That was great not CG. I know. I was like, that wasn't even blunt. <laughs> like, you know. I got, uh, spoiler alert. I don't like getting hit in the area, that area. I apologize. <laughs> I do not like it. And, and it was not nice, but guess what? I didn't retaliate. retaliate. <laughs> he just oh, wakes gosh. up from his seizure. You're just like, sorry, bam. <laughs> area. bam. No, yeah. I'm sorry. It's just like, it happens. That's just, you know, I understand that. Yeah. A police officer should understand that someone having a seizure might do some things and you don't hold them down. You don't, (laughs) not only do you not hold them down, you don't get a tase device and tase them. So anyways, I'm going backwards on another topic just because you said like sometimes a simple being a little bit of compassion or being patient or at the very least letting something ride out Mm -hmm. can do amazing things, you know? Mm Like literally doing absolutely nothing would have kept him safer right? than what they did. That is true. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe he would have, you know, had a little tongue bite or walked into something and, you know, hurt, hurt an arm or something like that. But, I mean, if you're going to go to that extreme to, you know, taste somebody, please choose nothing over that. I, yeah, you know? just it, do nothing. If you're not going to help someone, don't harm them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's. I feel like if you are able to legally hold a weapon, you should have training about this stuff. Right? <laughs> like, <that's> just, <laughs> like, I feel like that's like the bare minimum of being able to like hold a gun or like hold a taser. It's like no, you know, basic first aid it would be cool. And they, they <laughs> but not to pull out your gun place. and not to pull out your taser, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it. I just learned this not too long ago that they do have, you know, programs in place that are supposed to stop this from happening. So I don't know if you guys know about, I believe it's a vulnerable persons list where, mm-hmm. you know, if you have a medical condition where, you know, they can't communicate sometimes or your behavior might, you know, come off as odd. The police have this database where there's a description of you. There is, you know, exactly what you look like, your name, all your diagnoses, you know, what these seizures look like and what to do. And if they were to just, you know, type somebody's name into this database, 
they would have all that information so readily available to them, but it doesn't even cross their mind that this could be a vulnerable person. They just think the worst, especially with focal unaware seizures. A lot of the time people have no idea they exist and they assume the person is drunk or on drugs and then they treat them like they are. And, and if you're drunk person, and on drugs, you deserve to get tased. That's It's like, even when that's the logic, it's still, it still doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like this guy's just trying to finish his shift and get that Canadian tire and go home to his family. Like, what are you, what are you seeing so threatening you know, at this point, you're, you've been told he's having a seizure, you know, the, if you're scared, you know, he's, he's not running, you know, just walk away. If you're scared, yeah. you shouldn't be a police officer. Yeah. I will link to uh, the previous episode. We had Trevor on uh, where we did talk about this case specifically, and we had like the link to the position, everything in the description there. So I will uh, put that below just so that everyone wants to listen to that can. So we talked a lot about, uh, you know, lack of funding. So what are ways that, you know, the average person can support? We did talk about emailing and sending letters to all the MPPs, MPs and government, anyone. Tag Justin Trudeau in all your tweets. I don't know. (laughs) There's multiple ways to help, uh, you know, and we're not asking the public to do a lot, like whatever they can do, whether it be simply going to our website, which... Uh, all of you have been kind enough to put uh, below here epilepsysco.org. There's many ways they can donate, whether it be just going to our website, there's whether they do an email transfer, whether they call our office, whether they donate through our Canada Health page, whether the public themselves want to create a GoFundMe page, whether they want to go on Facebook and do a birthday fundraising. There's multiple, multiple ways. And we're not expecting the public to raise millions of dollars. But even if one person raises $100, you know, if everyone raised $100 and there's over 260,000 Canadians out there, right? Yeah. Basically, we're just asking the public to do what they can, you know, to keep these programs and services free. So if they go to our website, there's all the ways that they can donate. They can, you know, we're asking the public to do what they can. And if they can't themselves, they don't have the means to fundraise themselves. They might know some people that might be able to. They might know some companies that have a lot of money that they don't know what to do with. Have them <laughs> connect with us and we can send them a sponsorship package. There's, you know, but that's why we have Carly here to talk about what that money's used for. And I'm here to talk about how to get the money to us. And Carly can, you know, use that money to keep these programs going. But it's just, we need your help. And again, if it's not with your pocketbook, help with spreading the word. Share this podcast. Get as many people listening to the podcast so that you understand what Carly does nine to five and on her personal time, on evenings and weekends. Look at what we're doing at 9 o'clock on a Friday night. <laughs> right? It's Friday night, and you and I, Carly and I, are here talking about this, right? Because it means something to us. So, you know, we're asking the public to please, if they can't 
grab money out of their wallet, tell pe 10 people that they know what to do, you know? And like, we really appreciate that. Cause like I said, epilepsy touches myself personally, like my family personally, and now Sonia's, sorry, Sonia, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, anyone that has a brain. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, so like, I mean, even us, we got connected just because I chose um, epilepsy, so central Ontario as my uh, choice of charity for the opinionated Lush's uh, December live stream that we do, which we will be doing again this year. And I'm choosing you guys again this year. So I'm doing my part listeners. So please try and do your part. <laughs> we appreciate it. Even the average, you're like above and beyond. Like <laughs> if everyone out there listening did a third party event. Oh my God. I would be so happy. Jessica, what you've done for us just with these podcast interviews and obviously what you did with fundraising, like we can't thank you enough, right? If someone out there listening could even do half of what you've done, we would. I, I couldn't do it without my bitches. So yeah. <laughs> that's what those two are for. Well, I appreciate <laughs> every one of you. It's just to say that, like, that's why, Jessica, we're putting you on the spot. We want you at the youth family and youth conference. Carly, tell Jessica, put her on the spot. She needs to bring her and her son to the family and youth conference because it would be, you need to understand why we fundraise, why it's important. And it's a fun time, you know, and it's just and it's educational, but it's also just about being around a campfire and just networking and talking and just it's no, a beautiful. We experience. would, like me and my son would definitely definitely want to go so carly if you can like send me an email after this with like yeah. the dates <laughs> i would be so happy to i can tell you right now i believe it's september 22nd to 24th and for the viewers listening keep that family and youth conference going so someone like jessica can bring her son there because obviously you're hearing from jessica the roadblocks that she deals with and having her son like this is why we do these family youth and conferences so you know, help keep these programs and services going. Like, I feel like I sound like I'm on a telephone right now. I apologize. <laughs> it's just, it's just, yeah, you know? Well, is there anything else you two want to plug? I mean, we'll have links below for everything. So I just want to make sure if there's anything else you two want to plug. I mean, we, we could go all night probably <laughs> if we really wanted to. Um, but we probably would end up going in circles because that's what the epilepsy, you know, uh, medical side of the community tends to do is put people around in circles. So it's like we're constantly going around in these unnecessary circles too, you know, following their lead and trying to fix, you know, things that they might have, you know, forgot or, you know, just not cared about and, you know, myths that they might still believe or terminology that they're using that isn't, you know, correct anymore. So we want to want to break that cycle. <laughs> Yeah. Let me just switch to you guys, put you on the spot. Is there one question each of you have for Carly and myself to put you on the spot? What's one thing you want to learn about epilepsy? Or is there a myth you've heard? Or is there any frustration you've heard? Put Carly and myself on the spot to end this with. You know? um, I would like to know how to start something like what you guys your supports in my area so uh in new brunswick we only have one support group and that's all the way in halifax so that's like a six hour drive away um how does someone get something started in their province or town city 
to get education and support? Uh, I guess I can answer that in the sense that, you know, the Canadian Epilepsy Alliance, which is the umbrella of all the organizations, um, sort of acts to support areas that aren't covered by an agency. So if there's not an agency in that particular area, I mean, of course, we try our best to connect that client or that person with the closest agency. But if there's not, I mean, in this new world after the pandemic, everything is a lot of times over Zoom. So whether it be just trying to keep, you know, people creating awareness or advocate, I mean, uh, are you dealing with an issue with a particular agency or, or I'm not sure, but I can, we can sort of connect you to sort of help if there's a roadblocks in that regard, but we always try to motivate the public to try to do third-party events or do different things to create awareness because there's only 22 agencies out there, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So there's only so much those agencies can do. So sometimes it would be great if the public can do some things too to create awareness as well. Do you have anything, Don? No, not really. <laughs> uh, classic Don fashion. Yeah, I don't got nothing. <laughs> I know I said this last time, Don, but like honestly, you need to tone it down. Like you, you talk with <laughs> so much talking and all the talking right now, all of it. <laughs> uh, uh, my question to end this on is just, uh, of course, I would assume you two would be willing to come back on another time, uh, probably, you know, closer to the family day. What what was it? The whole weekend. The whole weekend. Yeah. I would love to come back and I will make sure not to uh, speak before my colleague, Carly, because (laughs) (laughs) maybe even like after the, you know, so that we could talk about, uh, you know, my son's experiences and like me being there and that kind of thing, even talking about it like after. Can we do like a remote podcast like at the conference and maybe we could probably do a live stream like on our platform. I could probably set that up. I don't know if I'd be able to bring a whole mobile podcast. (laughs) It's a few months away. I can figure it out. I got some fire right behind you. It'll be like it'll be be, you'll be at one with nature. It'll be great. Well, thank you again, Carly and Trevor from Epilepsy South Central Ontario for being on and talking about this subject because it's, I mean, it's personally important to a a lot of us. I mean, this whole podcast is just us being angry. (laughs) (laughs) That's epilepsy in Ontario in a nutshell anyway. And New Brunswick. And New Brunswick, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you again. And uh, I will link the previous episode Trevor was on below and all the links, you know, to see them and support them and everything else below. Again, please share, tweet, hashtag, Instagram, whatever whatever it takes just to let people know. You have a brain. You have a, the potential for a seizure. So, And it can happen anytime, any place, anywhere. It doesn't discriminate age wise you know it could happen at any time so i'll leave everyone with that perfect thank you and i'm I'm honored that you had me so thank you so much thank you so much carly we need to clone you that's what we're raising money for that's right (laughs) well if we get the machine we'll need a few more of you too so you know spread the word good night (laughs) 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. We hope you enjoyed this episode. There's a new episode of Opinionated Lushes every Friday on all streaming platforms. And unedited episodes Saturday on YouTube. Have a cocktail suggestion? A topic of interest? A good drinking word? Feel free to DM us on Instagram or email us at opinionatedlushes at gmail.com. See you next week. Don't forget your drinks. And your opinions. 